There are more wealthy people today than ever before in the history of the world. The risks they are exposed to through the assets they acquire and their unique lifestyles are significant. The bigger the asset, the bigger the potential loss. The bigger the potential loss, the more complicated the mechanisms for protecting those assets becomes. This show seeks to uncover the risks that successful people face so we can provide some guidance towards minimizing, mitigating, and transferring them. From coverage, contracts, and carriers, to client experience, technology, and claims. We will cover it all. Whether you're an agent looking to hone your skills or someone with significant wealth to protect, I hope this show becomes a valuable resource you can come to rely on to help you protect yourself, your family, and your clients. Welcome to the Private Client Risk and Resilience Podcast. My name is Kurt Turnison, and I am the host of this amazing show. So welcome to everybody who is coming back uh, to, to the show and has been here before. And also welcome to any new listeners here. We're really glad to have you. Uh, so I'm really excited today. And, and uh, today it's a gorgeous day, December, what is it? December 21st, uh, here in, late in the month. And we're gonna be talking to Joe Rossi uh, of Joe Flood uh, and, uh, and Flood Insurance Agency uh, up in Massachusetts. And uh, Joe and I met, uh, through a PRMA, Private Risk Management Association Connection, uh, Joe did a webinar all about flood uh, for the PRMA, and I listened in. It was amazing. Said, have, have to get this information out to the PCRR community. Uh, so here we are today. Uh, thanks for being here, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, and so I thought, just like you know, we do with other guests, uh, we'll start off with just kind of like a brief introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your agency. Sure. So uh, my name is, you know, Joe Rossi, also known as you mentioned, uh, also known as Joe Flood. And uh, I'm president and CEO of Joe Flood Insurance Brokerage. And we are an MGA and wholesale brokerage for flood only. So uh, my background started actually in activism and community activism um, with changing flood maps and the Bigger Waters Act and kind of advocating for more affordable insurance rates. Um, and then over time, uh, that evolved into a want, you know, once, once I figured out that the advocacy we were doing resulted in people getting cheaper flood insurance. Uh, that was when I wanted to take that experience and turn it into a career. Um, and it made a lot of sense to connect that to the insurance discounts that we were able to help people get. Um, you know, over time that evolved into a career in insurance, um, and then in, in specifically into flood insurance and now into, uh, the MGA and, and wholesaler that I run today. Wow. That's awesome, man. Uh, so this is really a passion project for you. Um, it when, has been, it's, it has been. So I'm curious, uh, the advocacy, the advocacy, what got you started, uh, wanting to do that? Well, you know, it's a funny story and it's kind of come full circle um, recently. And if we have time, we can get into why. But um, 
the when I started uh, in the town of Marshfield um, in 2010, I was running for public office where I did not win. Um, and the I was going to school and, and graduated from Wentworth Institute with a degree in architecture. So the town of Marshfield saw a young guy who was a- active in politics and who wanted to be involved in town. And just that that recently around that time, a piece of our coastal infrastructure had collapsed. And so Marshfield being a coastal community, um, it's kind of in the name with Marshfield. So um, we uh, they appointed me to the seawall committee and the seawall committee was a new board that had formed. And I was thrown in as not just, you know, remember, I'm still actually in school at this point. And I had just been thrown into this committee and then I was made chair of this committee. And it was such a hot topic. We had 100 people in the room every meeting. Um, It was just really uh, a really big issue in the town. And then eventually, about two years later, the town, the issue was sort of resolved through some funding and the town wanted to move on from the committee, but I didn't want to move on from what I was doing. So um, once that committee had kind of been, you know, passed on uh, or, or, or moved on from what it was, I started a nonprofit in town called the Marshfield Citizens Costa Coalition. And that was in early 2012. Bigger Waters hadn't been passed yet. But as the year went on and we were kind of still advocating for coastal infrastructure, somebody, uh, one of our board members, who's actually still a board member of now the Massachusetts Costa Coalition, walked into the room put a pile of paper down on the desk at our meeting and said, this bill will kill affordability for homeowners. And that was my introduction to the Bigger Waters Act. And that started my advocacy um, with the group I had formed, where we were just a local group that had advocated for coastal infrastructure into a statewide and at times national group that was advocating for overall flood insurance affordability. So that is where the advocacy really started. Ah, that's amazing. So this is really a mission uh, for you and has been for a long time. Uh, so you it, know, you're, it sure you're not has. That, you're not that old. Um, so you were in college, what, like 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, 20. Oh, God, I'm dating myself now. Um, 2011 is Sorry when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 2011 is when I graduated. So this all started in 2010 when I was about 21. So, uh, you know, this is I'm 35 now. So this has really been something I've done uh, for for a long time, but started, you know, a long, I guess, a long time ago. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, such a great story. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we would love to get further into the details on that, but you got so much other details uh, to share with us on this flood uh, flood topic. Uh, so I know in a previous conversation, we discussed, you know, um, you know, one of the reasons why you started this agency, which now I know further detail about that. But one of the reasons you started the agency was because of a frustration that you felt and you experienced at a different agency that you were at. Uh, can you talk to us about that frustration? Sure. So when I was at, you know, my in my previous life as kind of the, you know, running the flood insurance department for a very, very good agency, Rogers Gray, who's still a great partner of ours here at Joe Flood Insurance. Um, 
we what I found frustrating is we would we would get a lot of big commercial risks and there weren't a lot of flood insurance companies, um, specifically flood insurance providers um, that were offering um, insurable values higher than maybe 10 or 15 million. And that was really frustrating when you had to really dig. Now, certainly there were property carriers that were looking to throw in flood or there may be a, you know, a handful of them out there that would look at large TIVs, but it wasn't something where you could go and have your pick of which um, you know company you'd like to submit the risk to, and then of course there were flood quake programs. So there was there was really a I felt uh, a gap, or or I had the frustration of of having these large risks and constantly getting denied. So and the other thing that frustrated me is that these companies lacked creativity when it came to trying to insure these risks. There just wasn't. A back and forth. Underwriters would say, nope, it's too big or nope, too risky or it just that's where it ended. So when I started Joe Flood Insurance and, and we got our own program and we have the pen for Chubb European Group and soon to be Lloyd's of London, um, we started to build a program that could look at insurable values of 500 million. And we could look at, you know, we could, we could model certain risks and try to figure out what the, what the risk profile was and how we were going to, um, rate that and then come up with creative, uh, deductible structures, you know, look at those high net worth homes and come up with creative ideas. I just give you a quick example. When we look at, a risk portfolio, we will throw out what we call our risk-based deductible. We model everything. And if the risk scoring is higher at some locations, we offer a higher deductible. If it's lower at other locations, we offer a lower deductible. You know, these were things um, that, and I still run into that, or if the BI is, you know, driving the cost, we can supplement that BI within the, within the coverage. So, you know, we're, we're, we, we really try to have that interaction and, and we pride ourselves on, on giving what I like to call smart declines, right? If we're going to decline something, we're not just going to say, no, we can't do it. We're giving you the reason. We'll even include the text from the underwriters that decline it. And we'll send some type of data so that you can inform your client on why it was declined. So we, we really like that creativity and, and kind of, um, you know, the frustration I felt, I think, has been uh, felt by others because we get a lot of people who come to us that say, yeah, this is great. I'm going to share it with my client. Thanks for allowing me to, you know, send this over and so on. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that you are being creative and you've brought that creativity to the flood uh, industry. Um, and the fact that you can do that in insurance uh, is phenomenal. Uh, and so you, you've been in this business a long time. You started uh, the agency because of this frustration. You couldn't get the limits you wanted. There was lack of creativity. That was years and years ago. Um, how would you say the state of the flood market is today? How has it changed since you started? Well, you know, the interesting thing is as difficult as the market has been and continues to be because cat capacity in any market right now is limited, um, there's more people looking to get into the space, which I actually really appreciate. And the reason is because as there's more wholesale and there's more, um, uh, you know, MGAs and there's more people focused on flood, that actually brings more opportunity. And there are certainly times when we'll compete with another wholesaler, another MGA and, and so on and so forth. But what's happening now in the space is that when you need 25, 40, 50 million in flood, especially on these commercial accounts, 
we rec- we rely on our carrier competition to actually be partners with us in layering together. So our program, which can layer with just about any program out there, you know, adds that capacity to the requested limits that we're we're going out there to to try to get. So it's actually in in that innovation is actually making it an exciting time to be in this space. You know, capacity, people are looking to get involved, the way that we're folding markets together. It's a lot of fun. I mentioned we're bringing in Lloyds as part of our program. I mean, we're going to be able to go from 5 million primary, 10 million excess on coverage to 10 million primary, 15 million excess. And, and that is exciting for us to see that that's, out there and then with our partner companies that we that we bring in the on the wholesale side i mean we're able to go up to 25 30 up to, you know in some cases 50 million in in coverage and so um you know the i guess i would say that while it's a tough market the evolution of um the other markets coming into the space is making it actually a really exciting time yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you have a lot more interest in flood insurance today than there was five years ago. Uh, there's been, unfortunately, there's been a lot of cat catastrophe events um, that have led people to be more aware of the need for flood insurance. And so hence, there's new entrants into the market and uh, a lot more uh, awareness around the topic. Uh, so uh, I agree with you. I think it's a very good thing. Now, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the uh, the new entrance in the market. Uh, we'll talk about your MGA in a minute because uh, you know that's kind of a separate thing. You have the agency where you work with retail brokers uh, as a wholesaler, and then you also have a separate MGA. We have uh, you actually have a flood product that you developed uh, through Chubb right. European. So we want to talk about that. But um, you know, for private client risk and resilience, obviously we're dealing with high value homes, high value property, uh, and you, you obviously you do both uh, large commercial and uh, large, um, personally owned property. And so, you know, you mentioned layering, what are some of the challenges that you see in the high net worth space when you're trying to provide, you know, a, a large flood, uh, portfolio for, for a property? I think the biggest challenge we see is exposure. Um, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, the perception that I'm in an X zone and, you know, I, this should be an easy risk. I actually had an agent tell me that they thought uh, that the risk they sent over should be easy to find capacity for uh, and get a quote on. But, you know, unfortunately, what their perception might be and what the reality is of that risk are are two different things. And, Um, We model everything in-house. We provide that data on request to agents um, that come to us um, for quotes. And I'll tell you that a lot of the times that X-Zone property in the Hamptons near the beach uh, is actually subject to Category 1 storm surge. And it makes it extremely difficult to find that first layer where we're relying on the NFIP, but of course on a residential structure, that's only 250,000. That's really not gonna, that might cover your your wine cellar uh, and that's about it, you know? So we're we're running into um, the, the idea of exposure, perception versus reality, um, and then getting that coverage. You know, every time there's a storm, the East Coast just had a massive storm, tons of historic rainfall and surge. You know, it doesn't take a hurricane to have these big losses. And every time that happens, 
it just it not only reinforces the conversation around this, but it also brings attention from the ca- catastrophe providers to say, look, you know, how did um, the U.S., you know, if you're a London carrier, how did the U.S. fare in this most recent storm? How did we fare? How did the losses come in? So, yeah, it's it's something where it's that perception versus reality and then when you find out that you're you've got a finished basement that's subject to category one storm surge, you know, how are you going to put together a layer where it's so exposed? And that is really the challenge that we confront on a daily basis. And we've come up, like I mentioned, we do we do try to get creative with these. We you know, we have on the wholesale side, we have a parametric option, which is not perfect in every scenario, but it's certainly an option that's different. Um, our program, you know, through Chubb offers, you know, unique deductible or self-insured retention deductibles. Um, you know, we actually can aggregate the NFIP. So, for example, if you've got a guest house and your primary home, well, you got 500 grand in NFIP you can purchase, and we'll use that as the deductible um, for our excess program. So, we're, you know, we're just getting, um, uh, it, it's that's the challenge that we've run into on high net worth and in large um, exposures. Yep, that's very interesting and uh, so much to unpack there. And one thing that stood out to me is that you do model each risk individually and you have a proprietary um, um, in-house modeling formula that you use. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process? Yeah, it's it's we've we've got done a lot of this. So so we have a program we use that kind of gives us a sketch of what's going on. It, it doesn't tell us a ton of stuff. It just basically says Here's your location. Here's your elevation. We we get all we can get elevation, you know, estimated elevations, you know, and here's the ex- the expected potential exposure. Then based on that result, we can we can kind of triage, you know, is this going to be a fit for us? Is this going to be a fit for another program? You know, are we going to have to spend a bunch of time modeling this going through, for example, tell us if there is a surge exposure or not. So that's a really helpful triage. Is there a riverine exposure or not? We then bring it over to our modeling um, company, which sends, we send it off. They send it through a program that gives us surge heights at different storms, um, riverine return periods, meaning how often will that river potentially flood, estimated base flood elevations, current base flood elevations, distance to the uh, you know, water source. So all of the stuff we need to make our conclusions uh, in detail about the risk. And so, um, you know, if it's really exposed, meaning that we're in 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 or or a large enough pro- portfolio, we then need to send those off for an even further and more detailed modeling basically give us some aals you know average annual losses and probable maximum losses which we um, get some of that in-house but you know london and chubb like to look at those in more detail if it's super exposed so that's kind of our process that we go through um, which allows us to kind of move these forward a little bit quicker because we're able to get that data without having to really use outside sources uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, there is so much value in that uh, little blurb of, of process that you described, uh, you know, because as a broker working on these things, you know, you'd have to ask a client for an elevation certificate. You'd have to go get a zone determination. You have to go all and, and gather all this information. And some of it you can't even get like that surge uh, dis- uh, detail that you mentioned. 
Um, so it sounds like you have tremendous access to data uh, and it's at your fingertips. Uh, it's quick. Uh, and which helps with uh, lowering costs and uh, the time that it takes to place a risk. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, and it, and it helps us get that backing and capacity um, that we need. So, um, you know, if, if it's a good risk, we're able to get more coverage. And if it's not a good risk, we're limited. Excellent. So let's switch gears. And, and I just want to touch briefly, uh, you have the wholesale agency, you deal with retail brokers like myself, and then you also have uh, an MGA uh, where you have developed a product with uh, you know other uh, capacity providers. Can you tell us about your your MGA? Yeah. So so our MGA, um, our program is called uh, Upstream, um, which is actually so, um, going to qu uh, soon move to a, a new branding that we're going to reveal because of its uh, evolution into this commercial space. Um, and, you know, this program was started by Chubb European, you know, with us. So a partnership and they're the provider. Um, and in, in February, we're actually bringing on a full Lloyd's of London capacity as well. So what that twofold capacity allows us to do is it allows us to write, you know, right now we're limited. We can either write the primary or the excess. Um, and in the excess layer, we can only write the one of the excess layers. So for example, I just had a condo where they needed, you know, 20 million in coverage, but I can only write 10 of the 20 because I can only do 10 million within at most within my program. On the London paper now, we can actually write another five to 10 million. So we're going to soon be able to write up to, you know, 15, 20 on excess, five to 10 on primary, and actually do both in some cases. Um, and that's going to be exciting because we get a lot of requests saying, hey, the property carrier dropped the coverage and we now need to find 50 million in flood. Well, you know, right now we kind of we got to get like five different carriers involved to get that um, capacity. We'll soon be able to write a lot of that and then go out and get that extra capacity to add on without asking our carriers, you know, hey, can you give me 10 when knowing that they might only be able to give five or can you give me five knowing they might be limited to two and a half. So um, that's an ex it's an exciting time for growth right now within our program because of that extra capacity. Keep in mind, too, that we're growing that capacity at a time when can't provide coverage or you know cat capacity in general is kind of coming back so we were able to do that um in a in a unique time um so that's the program we've built uh it's a lot of fun managing that program we have a team of underwriters who um underwrite that program uh and then my job is to kind of manage what's going into the mga and then what other layers do we need on the wholesale side um to put a whole package together that's incredible. And, and I like that you use the term fun uh, and that you're having fun. It's glad it's good to, to <laughs> know that. And, uh, you know, real quick. And then as we wrap up this conversation, um, you know, running an MGA is, is challenging. Right. Um, and one of the things I think we've discussed is that there's a common misconception that there's, um, you know, because it's an MGA, uh, it's excess and surplus. There's not any regulation. Um, can you clarify that? That's a great question because we get asked that all the time about from from people that might not be used to operating in the surplus lines market. 
you know, I get asked a lot, um, you know, is there admitted options in flood? And certainly there are out there. I mean, I'm of the opinion that at least in the um, flood space, that surplus lines is really the way that the industry is going to grow and evolve over time, which is fine. And what that basically means is that while our rates in forms are not regulated by the state, we as a company and the way that we handle policies, filing them to make sure that the state knows that we looked at pro, you know, uh, admitted options first, if that's applicable, um, to make sure that we've given the right disclosures to the insured, all the way to filing taxes and fees. All of that is highly regulated. So it's something where the rates and forms aren't, but the rest of the business is. And so uh, when I hear non-admitted and people say, well, it's not regulated, they can do whatever they want. Uh, it's probably one of the bi biggest misnomers. You know, it gives us the flexibility to actually offer additional coverages and offer coverages and offer that flexibility of deductibles and stuff like that. And it gives us the flexibility where we need to, you know, it, there are certainly times we do need to increase rates at a, at a rate that admitted markets might not be able to, but it also gives us the ability to help our clients better. But we are regulated, just not in the same way as admitted companies are. Awesome. That, that's super helpful. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate your time today. So just one last question. I mean, um, obviously, I know how to get in touch with you. Uh, but how can our listeners get in touch with you or your agency uh, if they'd like to inquire or uh, get a flood quote? So uh, to get appointed, just email us at flood, F-L-O-O-D, flood at joefloodinsurance.com. Um, that inbox routes everything to everybody in the company. Um, and that is definitely a way to get started with us here. Um, and when you send in a quote, we'd look at it generally, from, unless you are also a wholesaler, who we do have many of those appointed with us as well for our MGA side of the house. Um, but when you send a quote in, we look at it from both our MGA side and our wholesale side so that we're always trying to provide um, the best option, whether it's us or somebody else from from the wholesale side. So um, we uh, greatly appreciate our partners uh, and uh, come and grow with us. We're excited for what the next couple of years brings. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. And uh, I'll put the email address in the show notes as well. Uh, so this has been an excellent conversation. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Kurt, for having me. My pleasure. And thank you to everyone who listened in to this episode today. Uh, I hope you got uh, the information that you wanted and that you needed. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Uh, have a wonderful day, everybody. Happy holidays. Take care.